There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this new edition of the Talkin' Titans podcast. I'm your co-host, Ben Arthur, Tennessee Titans beat reporter for the Tennessean. So I'm going solo today. No Gentry Estes, our sports columnist, who is on vacation. So I got you guys covered for this episode. This is the first recording of the podcast since, you know, that big news last weekend, Julio Jones being traded to the Titans, obviously a big deal for not only, you know, this, this Titans team that has Super Bowl hopes, um, but, you know, the city of Nashville too, like this is a really exciting time for the city. Um, And so, but, you know, many of you are probably wondering what exactly the Titans are getting in Julio Jones um, at this stage in his career and at 32 years old. So I've brought on a guest to help us answer that question. Someone who's who covered Julio for his entire decade with the Atlanta Falcons, D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. D. Orlando has been covering the Falcons since long before Julio's rookie season back in uh, 2011. He joined uh, the Falcons beat for the Journal-Constitution back in 2005. And, um, you know, he's a longtime NFL you know reporter. He also covered the Bengals in the late 80s, as well as the Packers in the 90s. So without any further delay, here's my conversation with D. Orlando. D. Orlando, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Appreciate it. Sure, no problem, Ben. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Um, you know, really excited to to have you and and just discuss Julio. Um, I think kind of a big question that people out here in in Tennessee have is, you know, what Julio Jones are the Titans getting? You know, at this point in his career, we all know what Julio has been, right? You know. Just, you know, monster, um, you know, you know, is his receiving yards per game average most in, you know, NFL history, Um, you know, seven time pro bowler, two time first team all pro. He's done all these things right. Um, You know, arguably the best receiver of of his generation. But the Julio Jones, the Titans are getting is 32. Right. He's, you know, coming off a season with, you know, lingering hamstring issue um, played, you know, only nine games. Um, based on what you saw from him in 2020, um, you know, what, what you know of him, um, what would you say, you know, to those in Nashville who are, are wondering, you know, what version of, of Julio Jones will, um, will we be seeing in, in the Titans? Yeah, well, he's, t- he's taking great care of his body and he manages it well. He's not going to practice, uh, uh, every day, tightly wound, uh, you know, explosive, quick twitch body. So at 32, um, you know, you're going to see that uh, maybe start to, uh, you know, uh, not be available as often as it has been in the past. So I don't, uh, but when he was on the field last year, even last year, he, uh, you know, produced 770 yards in basically seven games and uh, still, you know, averaged 100 yards a game. Two games where just played like one play came out, uh, fifty-one catches. So if they could manage him health-wise and get him ready, you know maybe you don't play him as much early in the uh, first half of the season and kind of ramp him up 
mm. and have him uh, for full activity for down the stretch and in the playoffs. Uh, you know, because you're going to see, you know, he might catch a ball down the field and then pull himself out of the game. You know, Falcon fans would get all bent out of shape about that. But I understood, you know, all the way back to the combine, the stress fracture in the foot. Third year, they had to go back in and fix that appliance. This hasn't been fixed again to our knowledge. Uh, so, uh, you know, they got to manage. They got to manage him, Ben. That's no question about it. Now, last year, uh, I found one thing that's kind of scared me online during uh, during the, the, the trade talks. Uh, his injury last year was a quad hamstring strain, grade two. And so uh, they never rested him. He kept trying to come back, and then they eventually just shut him down. And then in this site, it said uh, probability of injury for 2021 was like 83%. So I'm like, oh, that's a lot to take on. Uh, so um, but Tennessee decided to do that. And uh, they got, you know, the medical staff is going to uh, have to be on point with regards to how the Titans use Julio Jones. Yeah, that's that's, you know, interesting point. And, and John Robinson, I, I'm not sure just how aware you are of his reputation, but he's definitely taken his chances at injured stars in, in the past, whether it's guys coming in through through the draft um, or or free agents even. Um, so it's going to definitely be interesting to see, you know, how much he is on the field, right? Just because of kind of the lingering issues and whatnot. Um, You know, D. Orlando, another thing, you know, I I wanted to ask you about was kind of the targets thing with Julio, right? Because in Atlanta, he was seeing, what, eight, nine targets a game. And, um, you know, with the Titans, right, it's it's a run-first offense. Uh, You know, Derrick Henry, um, you know, they obviously have Derrick Henry, you know, arguably the top back in the NFL you know, there's been a lot of discussion about just kind of the, the triple option uh, the the Titans have just just in terms of three headed monster with Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, just, you know, as an opposing defensive coordinator. You know, what are you going to do? But um, but the reality is, you know, Derrick Henry is still going to see a lot of touches and, and Julio is probably not going to see the same volume of targets that he did, you know, in his decade in Atlanta. Um would based on kind of what you've seen, you know, from Julio, how he's kind of reacted to, um, you know, certain situations in Atlanta, is he going to be okay with not, you know, getting that many targets a game uh, with the Titans? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be fine, Ben. It's a uh, parallel to early in his career here in Atlanta, where it was him, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez, and Michael Turner, and then Steven Jackson. So they have, he, he, he fine being a part of a package. That um, that attack in 2012 went to the NFC Championship game. Uh, you know, almost beat uh, the 49ers, but uh, Calvin Kaepernick rallied them to victory. And so that year, that was called Pick Your Poison. That was the Falcons attack. Because if you double Julio, Roddy got loose. If you double, uh, if you double Julio, Tony Gonzalez is open in the middle of the field. And while you were worried about all that, Michael Turner was scoring 10 touchdowns. So, uh, you know, and then Steven Jackson uh, did it for the, uh, the next two years, but uh, Tony dropped off, Roddy dropped off, and it was Julio left to carry the load. So I think that was part of his thinking. Hey, I want to be a part of an offense that's got some serious firepower because that's the way he came into the National Football League. 
And it looks like that's the way it's going to be going out. Now, you know, a lot, you know, as Julio comes to uh, Tennessee, a lot has kind of been made of, you know, his, his relationship just with kind of A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J., you've probably seen, you know, A.J. Brown's, you know, very persistent uh, re- recruiting campaign ahead of Julio's eventual trade um, to Tennessee. You know, A.J. has said, you know, he and Julio kind of kind of talk all the time and um, just kind of what he, you know, potentially mean as, as in terms of a leader for, for that wide receivers room being that veteran voice. Um, just from what you've seen, you know, from Julio, you know, he's obviously and he's still a great player, but but he is, um, you know, up up there in age. Right. And, you know, assuming, you know, he, he's probably uh, he, he was probably more of uh, of a veteran, you know, kind of mentor type um, player to maybe other players in in the receiving room in Atlanta, um, just kind of with with all that in mind, what what do you think he he brings to the Titans just as a teammate? Do you see him just kind of maybe taking some of the the receivers, you know, in, in you know in Tennessee to the side and saying, hey, you know, this is probably you know what you want to do because a lot of the receivers, you know, outside of AJ Brown, there's a lot of unproven guys. Um, in in the Titans receiving room, do you see Julio being able to kind of seamlessly transition into you know a leadership voice um, type for for not maybe not only just the receivers um, but kind of some of the other younger players on the Titans roster? Well, he's going to be um, you know he was here the torch was passed from Roddy White to him as the leader of the group, and you know they would go on weekly outings to you know. Uh, top golf or bowling, you know, I fortunate, was fortunate to cover one of those outings and sit down with him for a while on that. Uh, and so, but he'll blend in. He knows, you know, this is a change. He's not going to come in heavy-handed, uh, you know, but he was uh, very important when he was uh, hurt or injured or didn't practice. He never was not at practice, but he would be there to help coach the receivers through their drills and uh, so forth. So, you know, Dan Quinn would, uh, you know, call him Coach Julio for, for that. So I'm sure he'll be uh, in a position to pass on his knowledge and things that he's learned to help the group out. Uh, if, you know, if he's not able to go and he has to do that uh, leadership role. But he's savvy enough, been around enough football to know that he just, you know, in the new environment, you know, he's going to probably ease his way in. He's cool with OJ, AJ and Derrick Henry. And so, you know, and he'll come in with a lot of respect. But I don't think he'll try to flex on that regard. He'll try to blend in and, uh, you know, whatever he's going to do is try to make the team better. What do you think – what do you think drives Julio, you know, at this point in his career? Um, you know, he's obviously achieved – pretty much everything statistically. Um, is it just as simple as, as wanting to win? You know, because John Robinson spoke to, you know, reporters, you know, the, the general manager here after the, the trade. And, you know, um, he, he said his, his conversations with Julio were like, you know, Julio, Julio wants to win. That's kind of like just, just a big thing for him right now. And, and, you know, he's obviously vocal about or, you know, at least through reports, and and through um, you know that that Shannon Sharp call um, on on undisputed, he said he wants to win. Is is that? Do, do you think that's just kind of his core motivation at this point in his career? After you know, because he hasn't gotten a Super Bowl, right? He he's gone to one, but he hasn't you know gotten that that championship. 
Um, do, you, do you think just winning is is just the primary focus for him at this point? Uh, yes, I do. That's how uh, Roddy White uh, raised him. Roddy, uh, you know, was great. We were great uh, <clears throat> with me. And, uh, you know, Roddy was like, I was like, well, you know, I would try to trump him. Like, you know, I'm a Hall of Fame voter, so, you know, we got to be cool. <laughs> and he was like, I don't care about that. I just want to win. And so I think that's Julio. He doesn't care about the Hall of Fame. He wants to win. And here, uh, when I was doing my uh, look back at uh, Julio's time here in Atlanta, uh, you know, he has been um, within striking distance three times at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they had Super Bowl one on the catch at 51 that he made along the sidelines. Uh, but Shanahan decides to, you know, get fancy and run the ball and run the ball or throw the ball, pass the ball, get sacked and get kicked out of the field goal range. He should have won that game. Uh, against Kaepernick and then Julio bought out in 2012. Uh, they, um, you know, they didn't get there. But, you know, Baltimore ended up winning that Super Bowl. 2010, Julio wasn't here. That was the Giants. But uh, then the next time against the Eagles after 51, they're on the one-yard line. They're the favorites. They're playing the backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. They couldn't beat Nick Foles and the Eagles. And Nick Foles and the Eagles going to win the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, he has been close. And he looked around, apparently, um, you know, didn't like the, um, you know, I don't believe he liked the new regime coming in and felt there was going to be a rebuild. He saw the defense for the last couple of years. And, you know, that just doesn't turn around right away. So he, um, I believe he did want to win and was motivated by getting to a contender. Doesn't probably want to play much more than two years. I know he's got three on his contract. So, yeah, this is like the last dance, you know, for Julio. Now... What was Julio Jones, you know, just in Atlanta, what was he like to cover as a person, just as, as a personality? You know, I, I look on, you know, his social media feeds um, and just on his Wikipedia page, there just isn't a whole lot of personal information um, just just out there about him. And, and which is kind of surprising, you know, just considering his profile um, as an NFL player. Um, he's not following anyone on his Instagram um, I even, you know, try to follow Julio, but it's like it's like a pending request, which is really odd for uh, an NFL superstar. Um, and, and like I said, you know, on Wikipedia, there is literally nothing about his you know, personal life. Just the fact that he went to Foley High School in Alabama. That's pretty much it. Um, just in terms of just from the outside, it seems like he's been you know, kind of a, a, a private type figure. What was kind of your experience, um, you know, with him just, you know, over the course of his, the, his decade in Atlanta? Yeah, well, we started out really, really great. Uh, you know, they would have the workouts at Buford High uh, uh, during the lockout. 2011, he rolled up with Matt Ryan. You know, we talked, we interviewed, and, and you, know, just, you know, general uh, lockout questions. Uh, on his draft day, I asked for his mother's phone number. He gave it to me, and uh, so I remained a uh, relationship with her. That's the person who he uh, cares the most about, Miss Queen uh, Marvin. And uh, and so, you know, he's real close to his mom. Uh, and then there's also a person uh, that kind of, uh, you know, was kind of surrogate father there. I don't think the dad was in the picture. Uh, and then he kind of, kind of, uh, 
threw his wrench when one of his brothers got shot in a situation down in Alabama. And so he wasn't as open about family and things like that after that. Uh, you know, then we, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, as he was a leader, you know, I got to sit down with him. Probably the last time I sat down with him was a few years ago uh, before that Super Bowl season at the Top Golf Outing where we sat down. Mm -hmm. You know, he sat by, you know, he didn't really study Antonio Brown. You know, they were neck and neck at the time. It's like, he's a different guy, I'm a different guy. And, and, you know, so forth and so on. But I think what changed, um, you know, the dynamics of, you know, they made him the top receiver in the league, uh, gave him, what, $80 million. Uh, then next year, Matt Ryan doubled it, got six years for 150 And, you know, then all of a sudden, Julio's in every year looking for more money because he thinks he, you know, I don't know if he thought he was worth quarterback money or not. But, um, you know, and then at that point, he didn't want to talk to the media because he doesn't want to look, you know, like a greedy athlete or whatever. But, mm. I mean, the, the history is that something happened. Uh, money started becoming more important. And, uh, you know, he started uh, in 2018. Uh, you know, money was a big thing for him. But now, you know, it's supposed to be winning. So, you know, that was the art. The best story, you know, uh, Jim Trotter sat down with him. They went fishing. It was kind of a boring story. You know, he didn't open up much. Uh, and Jim's one of my guys from Howard. We all went to Howard at, you know, different points. But um, that was one story. And then there was a Sports Illustrated story where, you know, they went back and talked to, you know, uh, kids and coaches that he had been with growing up and just how amazing he was and all the amazing things he did as an athlete. But, you know, he doesn't talk about it. Uh, and, you know, even I commented, I was like, hey, that was a heck of a story. Did you do all that? And he's, you know, he, he, he said he did. And, but, yeah, different cat. The other thing was the barbershop talks with uh, at Alabama with Nick Saban where he's talking to the kids and stuff. You know, those have been the most revealing uh, stories of uh, Julio. And then TMZ where he's on the boat with the, uh, with the Migos shooting dice, if you know what. <laughs> Uh, you know, I joked with him about that. I was like, hey, man, you got to give me one of the Migos videos. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, I'm talking so-and-so, you know. And, uh, so, you know, I try everything. But, you know, here over this last couple of years, it's just been straight. And then, of course, last year was horrible with the Zoom meetings. And we didn't talk to him at all because I could always pull him off to the side. Mm -hmm. And we'd get, you know, straight on whatever we needed to get straight about. But yeah, uh, different cat, different cat likes to, uh, he likes to, you know, the Migos type style. He knows them some kind of way. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, got a little different flow to him for, from my uh, perspective. But yeah, very private. Uh, you know, Jimmy uh, Sexton, you know, from Nashville has been real helpful with uh, helping to create access and opportunities for the local media. So uh, yeah, he's a, uh, kind of been an enigma uh you know hmm. in some respects i see well you know d orlando this has been you know really fantastic um I, I guess would there be anything else you know that maybe i didn't ask that that you'd you'd want to add um about julio that maybe you know the titans fans out here um should know maybe just about you know what they're getting in in julio either you know on or kind of off the field uh, yeah, um, 
he uh, I just got a note he's gonna be available today to the Titans media from Robbie, so we'll talk to him today. Um, and uh, but no, just I I have had great kid to me, hard worker, uh, difficult to deliver like he has. At uh, you know I know AP Stedman is a guy that covered him in high school down in Alabama automobile. That you know this he says he was the hardest working kid I saw in high school. So he did the same thing at Alabama, he did the same thing here. Um, and, and so, you know, whatever he's got, he's going to give it to the Titans, give it to the fans of uh, Nashville. So uh, whatever he's got left, and I think he's got, you know, medically, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. So medically, if they get him right, he's got the mindset to deliver for the Tennessee Titans and the Tennessee Titans uh, fans. Awesome. D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, thanks so much for, for joining us on the Talkin' Titans podcast. That will do it for this week's episode of Talkin' Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you don't already. And remember to subscribe to our Talkin' Titans podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you happen to get your podcasts. And you know, be sure to drop us a review and rating while you're at it. From Ben Arthur, Titans beat reporter for the Tennessean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean.